Witches and bitches, I'm your host Michelle at the Spiritual Witch, and I am the Spiritual Witch. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to go over just a couple of small announcements. If you guys want to support me, you can start with monthly donations, which will allow me to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on more platforms. Send me a voice message. This can allow me to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on a future episode. Make sure to download or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This will allow me to show up more when people search for me, allowing the podcast to be found more easily. So yeah, do any of that stuff, and that would be awesome. Anyway, into our episode. I've got a guest this time. She is talking about Colombian witchcraft, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. So without further ado, let's begin. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So, um, this week we've got a special guest star for you guys. She's going by a pseudonym, so uh, you won't find any of her information linked down in the description below. But that's okay, because we've got a really interesting uh, story for you. And we're going to be talking about Cambodian witchcraft, which is going to be really interesting. And we're going to get into some of her childhood traumas. And that's why we're not going to have a whole lot of information um, about her. So her name is Jem. Jem, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey guys, my name is Jem. Um, I am first born in America on my mom's side of the family. I'm half Cambodian, half white, and pretty much I grew up with a lot of uh, paranormal things going on in the house, and I was raised in more of a spiritual family uh, as opposed to your you know typical Christian or Catholic um, family and with our culture there's a lot of uh, witchcraft type things that are really intertwined I guess with our beliefs being raised so it's, it was pretty interesting growing up in that household oh I bet that it was yeah. so can you explain like how your parents met um, honestly I'm not really sure how they met either <laughs> Uh, I know that they met in Sunnyvale, which is where my dad went to school. Okay. Um, yeah, they met pretty young, got married. Um, and yeah, I was kind of like raised with like a Buddhist influence, I guess. And my dad kind of adopted that. Um, oh, so they both so were very cool. like spiritual people, which was interesting. That is so cool. So how would you describe your childhood? Like, did you enjoy it or like, how do you feel about it? Oh, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying (laughs) okay so what was terrifying about it like what did you like what freaked you out there there were like a lot of things um there were always things going on in the house that were just unexplained and as a kid my mom would just think of some like rational reason and say oh there was a little earthquake that's why that clock keeps falling off the wall but I mean it fell off the wall every single night a little bit before 3 a.m um and then as an adult she was like yeah that house is really haunted I just didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to be scared growing up I'm like oh my gosh thanks mom yeah I'm pretty um, sure you'd be able to know that though (laughs) yeah yeah there I mean there was an instance where I woke up like I always had a cat growing up because I just didn't like being alone and I Uh just felt safer having the presence of another animal like with me so I didn't feel like by myself I feel you on um that. <laughs> yeah and she's always in my room I always sleep with her she always kept me company and um there was one day where my mom was like upset and she's like you need to keep your cat locked in your room at night because it keeps waking me up I was like what do you mean and she told me that my cat would always walk on her bed and she would feel little cat footprints walking across her feet and I told her my cat's always in the room with me like I never sleep without my cat and then she kind of, I remember her getting kind of quiet and she kind of just, oh, okay, like kind of just let it go. But apparently there was something that would walk on her bed at night and she thought it was my cat until I told her, like, I don't sleep alone. <laughs> the house scares me. Dude, that is um, so think, creepy. But the one that makes my skin crawl the most, though, was there was one night I woke up and it was, once again, a little bit before 3 a.m. Things, a lot of weird things happened around that time at the house. 
but I woke up and I was having like this panic attack. Like I couldn't really, um, sleep, I, I guess. Like I, my heart was just racing and I couldn't explain why. I just felt like I wanted to be with my mom. So I got out of my bed. I went over to my mom's room because my parents slept on opposite, like in, in different rooms that were on opposite side of the hallway. Okay. So I walked over to her room and I crawled into bed with her and I went to sleep just because like she comforted me. Because I, I don't know why I was just so scared. And the next day, my mom told me, why did you go in my room twice last night? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you walked in my room and I could kind of see you with the silhouette through the light in the hallway. And she told me that she saw me standing there just staring at her and she was calling to me, but I wasn't responding. And she said that my hair looked wet. And then I walked out. And then two minutes later, I walked into her room. And that's when I crawled into bed with her. So, oh But God. I only went into her room once. That is so that was when I had the panic attack. Yeah. Oh my god, that is fucking terrifying. I mean, I don't know. That's, what kind of witchcraft and stuff like that were you guys practicing at that time? Well, um, when I was younger, when all this, I don't know, I kind of feel like it was because of this man that lived with us. There's this thing called, um, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but it's called Konkra. And it's kind of gross. Um, It's a, a spell that you pretty much go to a witch doctor for where they take a fetus and they like simmer it and take the oils out of this fetus and they put it, the oils into a jar and it pretty much kind of summons like a demonic child type of thing that mm-hmm. does your bidding. So you're supposed to keep it with you and like it can give you advice or it can go do harm to other people um, that wrong you. But the thing about this thing is that you can't get rid of it ever. You can, I think you can give it to someone, but you can never just throw it away because it can come back and hurt you. Okay. Um, whenever you eat, and you, it has to have an altar as well. So whenever you eat, you have to put a plate for this child as well. And you would have to like buy it toys and like clothes as if you were taking care of a real child. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't treat it well, then it, it could harm you. And when I was a kid, there was a man who was renting a room in our house. And my dad found his altar in the shed in the backyard. And my dad like was so upset. He like kicked this guy out and... I don't know if that's when the paranormal thing started happening in the house, but it kind of makes sense. That makes a but lot think, of sense. Yeah, but that was like one of the one of the things that happened. I mean, my dad also would do like Ouija board. Um, and there was a, I remember a time where he had my brother and I joined him. He had like this like really big circular mirror in like one of the little sheds in our backyard. Um, he usually kept it covered with a sheet, but that night he had the sheet off, there was candles everywhere, and he had us do Ouija board. Um, but I don't remember anything happening. I, I was 10, but I don't remember anything happening. Um, but there's a lot of things that were done at the house that I think could have caused these paranormal things to happen as I was getting older. I feel like the Ouija board could have definitely helped. I mean, did you guys do it, like, I don't know, safely? I don't know. I, I don't really remember how we did it. I don't, because I was a kid. So I don't know safe, not safe. Okay. Um, typically, I mean, at the very least, you say goodbye at the end. Yeah. Like, now I know okay. the basics of, like, using a Ouija board. But as a kid, I'm just like, all right, this is what my dad's telling me to do. Was your dad into this stuff, like, before? No. It was once he met my mom. Then my mom would go, my mom and him would go to, like, this witch doctor, like, in Stockton. And I remember they would always get these, like oils that were like spells um they were made with jasmine oil okay and supposedly you're supposed to put this oil like over your lip like every day and i guess when you go and like do business or you're 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 trying to get something to work in your favor like this oil is supposed to like make people kind of gravitate towards you and like kind of do like what you're trying to offer okay business sense so they would go pretty often, but I don't know if they only ever went to get that oil. But I know that there was one uh, love spell that my mom tried to do on my dad because he was leaving with like with someone else, like another woman. You had mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't mess with love spells, man. Like if someone doesn't love you, like just let them go. Um, my right. mama. Yeah, she she went to this the, the witch doctor and pretty much did like a love spell to make my dad come back um, because he didn't really want anything to do with us as 
is his kids. And she said shortly after she went to the witch doctor to cast that spell, she said early one morning she woke up and she saw a tall man leaning over my crib. And at first she thought it was my dad, but Mm -hmm. she realized it wasn't. And so she screamed and she ran to turn on the light and there wasn't anyone in the room. That is terrifying. Like, I would shit myself. (laughs) But it does sound like there's a lot of negative magic that's being um, practiced. Like, a lot of negative magic. And just for reference, just so you know, or anybody who's listening, I call it negative magic instead of black magic because black magic has a lot of racist connotations to it. (laughs) So Uh, I just call it negative magic. That makes sense. I like that term, negative magic. I haven't heard that before, but... Yeah, so I do do feel like there's a lot, because love spells can be classified as a a type of negative magic, especially, well, it depends on how you cast them. But, like, if you're casting it on a specific person, like, you're affecting how that person, um, you know, is thinking, like, their spiritual path. Like, you're not supposed to be affecting their path, anyone's path, ever. If you do a basic love spell to attract, like, your soulmate or to attract someone to you, um, that's different than specifically yeah, like, like casting it on more appealing than making them go against their own will. Yeah, that's like yeah. how it works. And so, yeah, if you want to do that, that's a bit of negative magic there. And I don't really mess with negative magic too much. I have my moments. My last episode, uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, as as you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's just been some times where I feel like negative magic is needed and some moments where it's not. Because negative magic can also fall in the realm of protection magic, too. So if you're doing something like a binding spell, that can be a form of negative magic, but also protection magic. You know, so if I was to sit here and, like, call you a bitch and kick you and stuff like that, you're probably going to defend yourself in some way. Uh (laughs) It's fine to do that magically as well. Yeah, I get that. I mean, also in our culture, um, I, I, I'm not sure what the exact word is for it, but everyone in our family wore it growing up, and it was uh, it was like a little cotton belt type thing that was woven by, I think it was either a monk or the witch doctor. I'm not entirely sure, but um, th- there's like these little silver plates, like very thin sheets of silver, and the person would write protection spells, like they would engrave it like into the silver and then they would roll this like coil of silver they'd wrap it around the string um and there i remember i think there's like eight at least on this thing that and you tie it around your waist and you wear it like 24 7 you never take it off and it's supposed to protect you from people who are trying to spiritually attack you or um to keep like bad spirits away so it was like a protection belt type of thing but i, I never really knew what it was called i kind of just wore it because that's what we were supposed to do (laughs) right i mean you're a little kid like you didn't really have like a whole lot of like say in these kinds of things and that's one of the things where i'm just kind of like you know i want to raise my kiddo up to be able to um use this stuff confidently and not mess with too much of the negative effects of it because i don't want her to be terrified of her childhood you know (laughs) yeah i feel like that can happen but i feel like if you do it correctly and you combine it with education and things like that and celebrating, like, East Habits and things like that, then it can be something that's really positive. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, if it's all um, – I feel like if it's good energy type of magic, like, I, it wouldn't be traumatizing. Like, like me, you know, had a lot of negative magic, and it didn't, didn't turn out too great, you know. But I think if done right, that your kids, you know, could grow up with a very strong understanding of spirituality and witchcraft – yeah, I definitely agree with that. So so tell me some more about your childhood and just growing up and some of the traumas that you had experienced that kind of led you to who you are today. After my mom had cast this love spell to bring my dad back, um, she describes him as being just a different person, um, which he was uh, shortly after. And okay, um, trigger warning for people uh, listening. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about sexual abuse. So if that's something that's triggering for you, um, I'd advise find a different episode (laughs) a little bit. Um, And yeah, you know, I laugh. I'm okay with it now. I've I've, um, done a lot of healing 
with that, a lot of spiritual healing. Um, but after my dad came back, my mom always blames herself to this day because she feels that because of this love spell that she did to him, uh, it caused him to kind of go crazy in the head. And she thinks to this day that he was possessed um, after that instance because uh, he started molesting me for about 10 years of my childhood. So from like four to like 13, 13 was when he actually raped me. And mm -hmm. my mom said that like the person that he was, that wasn't who she met and that he kind of just started going downhill after she had tried to cast the spell on him and it just went very, very bad. So right. she wanted him to love us, but it kind of seemed like she made him love me too much that it like by far, by any means crossed the line of loving a child. Right. Right. So she, she truly believes that like what he had done was her fault because of the, the spell that she casted. And when confronting him as an adult, uh, he says he has no recollection whatsoever of anything that I wrote in the letter about. Um, just because I, I went to get closure from him and I listed things and dates and times and words that were said. And he says he doesn't remember any of it. And it was like I was talking about a whole different person. That is very interesting because um, I know with um, possession, especially of like negative or lower level entities or um, demons as we call them. I feel like that is a big thing, is the amnesia portion of it. You make your host get amnesia so that they don't remember all the things that are going on, and so that you can get away with more stuff, basically, as the demon. And that, to me, makes a lot more sense um, with yeah, some of those things. Everyone was, like, really shocked, because they would tell me, like, yeah, he was such a great man, it's so... It's so shocking that he would do something like this because he, you know, he was a really good caretaker of his family mm -hmm. and his friends. So it is really weird that like the shift of going from like a good person to doing something just so purely evil, um, it is shocking. I feel like in those cases, you need to have your spiritual protections up. You need to have your boundaries up because anyone can um, cast some sort of hex or something like that on you realistically that's why you know even with my baby I cleanse her because everyone's like oh look at how cute that baby is look how cute she everyone wants to see her and hold her and stuff like that and everyone has their own energies and so when you get all those energies and you put them on that she's such a small baby you have to cleanse her you know, yeah. you have to make sure she's spiritually cleansed and also, you know, physically and stuff like that, but spiritually cleansed so that she can be protected from those kinds of energies. She's not able to harbor all of those energies, especially after a very long day. It's very easy to just get so overwhelmed and overworked and all those kinds of things. So maybe just doing a, a quick cleansing ritual on yourself, on your children, those kinds of things, that can help you out a lot. And... I feel like having those kinds of protections up, carrying around like black onyx, tourmaline, those kinds of things can help out a lot with the protections. And of course, doing protection workings and house blessings and things like that can help out a lot as well. And I think that's something that would have helped out your family a lot too. I'm not going to sit here and say whether or not that love spell did or did not do anything. I feel like that's a whole can of worms. I yeah, feel so it's hard to just be like, was it really that, or was he just, like, sick, you know? Right, right, because that's where we get into that, too, because I, my dad didn't do anything, like, nearly that bad um, to us, but there's a lot of emotional abuse, but when you confront him about it, he doesn't know, and he had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, so I'm wondering, is it paranoid schizophrenia, is it a combination of negative entities and paranoid schizophrenia? Unfortunately, a lot of them hide behind mental illnesses, which is very easy for them. Uh, the way that these negative entities even got into our house to begin with, and you can listen to the episode, was through my cousin who was addicted to heroin. So that's how it had started. And then you get into the portals and things like that. So I think for you, the, um, the Ouija board, the mirror portal, and the combination of quite a few other things probably led to it. But you're yeah, also like dealing with... That was just like pure dark. Like yeah, magic. and you guys are dealing with ancient magic as well. Com Cambodian magic seems like really ancient, but yeah, really cool. It's very strong ancient stuff, um, and it's definitely a big part of our culture. Like, like don't do this because the spirits will do that. It's like a lot of those things were taught to us growing up. Like, you should never leave 
you know, like the baby swings that like mm-hmm. automatically swing itself or you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So like with those, my mom would always say like, you shouldn't never leave those empty, like put something in it, like a stuffed animal or have it like laid down. Cause she was saying that if you leave things like that out, then child, like spirit children will go and like play in it. And that like invites them to come and spend time in your home because they're going to be playing with your child's things. Interesting. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, or that like um, if there's a tree touching your, the roof of your house, that tree branch becomes a bridge and bad spirits can use that tree to enter your home. See, I've never heard some of those things before. I don't know if I believe the tree branch one. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, my mom was born like countryside Cambodia, so yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of things they believe in that might not be true. I do feel like spirituality is also one of those things that we are learning about constantly. And I always say like on the podcast, science is just spirituality that we understand or witchcraft that we understand. Yeah, I totally (laughs) agree. And like, I guess it's kind of hard to like, um, having like such a spiritual upbringing and knowing about all these things and then having someone to talk to about it. Because a lot of people associate witchcraft or you know anything about magic to be bad demonic evil yeah like it's but i feel like spirituality and witchcraft was around long before like other religions most modern um religions that i like to talk about on this podcast quite a bit um i did do an episode called i infiltrated a christian fundamentalist group that one was fun um and my god (laughs) um according to the christians we get up at 3 a.m every single night and we pray to satan which i think is absolutely hysterical but yeah it's a lot more just like we like to chill and have our crystals and you know be very spiritually um awoken and aware of like who we are as people working on ourselves and i like i want to get to a higher vibration and wake up my third eye and you know those are my goals and that's that's where i kind of want to be but that's that's just me and i try to preach a lot of that stuff on the podcast because it's just how i am (laughs) hey the more you know right Right. Yeah. The more that, you know, but I do think that, you know, maybe somebody out there is interested in this kind of stuff. I always think that, you know, knowledge is something that can help, um, you get anywhere that you, you need to be. And there's a lot of knowledge out there on different kinds of witchcraft. And I feel like all the witchcrafts, they, they have started in all these cultures that haven't been able to communicate with each other. It's like before boats and things like that, we had like mermaids drawn on walls and aliens and things like that like why are those there if no one yeah oh my gosh yeah i've always wondered that too the alien like the ufos that are drawn in like those old like christian paintings i don't know if you have you seen that there's like those little specks in the back yes and i'm like yeah so they've been been watching us for a long time they're like let's see how this jesus idea unfolds Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that they, my opinion about Jesus, and this is just me, my opinion about Jesus is that he was a very, very, very powerful earth witch and that he was able to do things um, with the earth. And in turn, he was able to learn more elements and that's how he was able to like walk on water and things like that. That's just my opinion on it. Because at the end of the day, he was a man and he did die. And you notice in the Bible, it actually mentions nothing about a fucking christmas tree he was born (laughs) he was born in and he's a pisces that's his sign so he was born during ostara or easter during april that's when he was born (laughs) yeah i know i don't know too much about like like the facts of christianity but what i do know um just from personal research is a lot of christian holidays were based it's like they were trying to snuff out pagan holidays and i have a whole episode on that shit girl (laughs) but i'm like yeah i don't know how much i believe when it comes to that just because i feel like there's a lot of uh uh crossovers with holiday holiday like dates i guess what i am gonna say is i do love um like the jewish traditions i love them because at least they had their, their own brain to get their own fucking originality their own holidays and not steal from the pagans like 
That's a big thing for me. Stop stealing from the pagans. So, like, Ostara is coming up, or Easter is coming up. The reason that we um, paint Easter eggs is because pagans painted Easter eggs. And then they would they would paint them, like, the colors that they wanted, like, money, green for money, and things like that. And then put their little spells inside the Easter eggs. And then they would bury them out by, you know, in, in the fields or whatever. And then the church would pay children to go find these eggs and give them to the church so that their spells and stuff and their evilness can just be, be gone or whatever. And I was just like, oh my god. So <laughs> that's why we have children hunt for Easter eggs on Easter. I didn't know that story, but that's, that's upsetting. Intense. Yeah. yeah. It's upsetting for me, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to be having my child hunt for Easter eggs, because it's mean. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I might have her bury Easter eggs, but yeah. But let's get back to the Cambodia stuff, because I feel like we're going on all sorts of fucking tangents. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot to, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, I don't really talk about this stuff, so I, I like to go in all, certain, all sorts of directions, I guess, when it comes to spirituality and... I know spirituality is so fascinating and it it's multifaceted, which I absolutely love. You can meet somebody who believes in aliens and somebody who doesn't believe in aliens and you can still have common ground and you can still communicate with them and you can learn something from them. And that's one thing that I get upset with, with like the Christian and the fundamentalists and stuff like that. There's no learning. There's no education involved. It's just very much organized religion. Follow this book. Don't ask questions. Yeah, it's like, listen to this, or you're gonna burn in hell for eternity. Yeah, which I, I love that trope. I love that one so much. Listen to me, or you're going to hell. Be good, or Santa's not giving you presents. That is how it works. And it's just, it's so frustrating, you know? It's so fucking frustrating. Yeah, but I agree. Tell me some more about your spirituality. What do you believe in now? Like, that's another question. What, what the hell do you believe in now? Oh, gosh, I believe in the power of the universe, to yeah. be honest. Yes, oh my gosh. Like, I, I do believe, you know, Jesus did exist, and mm -hmm. I do believe that there is a God. I mean, do I think God is a man or a woman? I don't know, but I do know that there is a higher being out there. Um, and I kind of just try and live my life as a good person. I agree. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've been watching TikTok lately, which... Don't tell my husband about that or he'll go crazy. But I've been watching TikTok and there's this one story that stuck with me about these nurses that are talking about, like, people who have had, like, end-of-life care. And there's this woman who had done horrible things to, like, black people in her life. And before she died, she kept seeing black people everywhere. And they had to move her to different rooms because she kept seeing them everywhere and she was extremely distressed. And I just find that so interesting. You know, you pay for your like, sins. Like, people that weren't really there, they are just... She just was the only them. one who could see them. Was oh she crazy? Gosh. I don't know. But I think that it's very interesting how they were in her room, you know, and all these things that happened. And it was, With you know... spirits that were just waiting for their moment to be seen by her? Possibly. Now, my opinion, when we all pass on, is that there is a form of judgment. Not exactly judgment, but we kind of sit down with our spirit guides and people who have led us, or spirits and, and angels or whatever you believe, that have led us to our, you know, our end of life. And we see, you know, did we learn the lesson we're supposed to learn? Yes or no? No, you go back and you learn it again. Yes, yes. you go back That's and you learn a new one. <laughs> Like, so I, I really do believe in reincarnation. And one yeah. thing that my mom told me about that, too, is just that you live this one life and you're supposed to learn different things. Or, like, if you did something bad in your past life, this is your life to learn from that mistake and kind of, like, repent. But if you don't figure it out in this lifetime, then you go back and you do it again. Right. Just like what we do with children. You have to go back and, you know, you clean up the mess that you made and then you try again, you know. And it, I feel like it's just kind of like that kind of thing. And it just, it makes sense. It makes so much more sense when you think about it that way, rather than like you have this one life and get it perfect and, and don't have any fun and you, all this stuff, you know? And I feel like every seven years, um, you have an, an easy reincarnation or an easy life or an easy lesson that you have to learn. And so while I might be on my easy lesson and you may be on a harder lesson, we still are the same. You know, no one's higher than the other. Nobody's, you know, there's no hierarchy. We're just, we're beings that are living a human experience. We're all here to learn. 
Yeah, that's how I feel that it is. And it's so hard to talk to people about this stuff because you either find people who are like crazy, you know, they've got some mental health stuff going on and they, you know, not exactly there. Or you find people who are, they say they're spiritual, but they're not really talking the talk you know, or walking the walk that they're talking. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I hope I don't come off like that. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like a closet spiritual person, I guess. Um, so you're in husband, the broom closet. Yeah. My, my husband's very Christian, and he thinks that anything witchcraft-related is evil. So I don't really talk to him about my culture, I guess, because it just sounds, like, really demonic to him. But for me, it's just, I'm like, that's just my culture. That's what we believe. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It does sound scary. Yeah. You know? And it is scary. Yeah, I, mean, there, I mean, there's also, like good in it too like the witch doctor that they would go and see um they if you were sick or like my brother he had this really bad spot like my parents never took us to the doctor first of all what's with that i'm not sure but like <laughs> we never went to the doctor if something was wrong we'd go to the witch doctor and we'd drive all the way to stockton but my brother there was an incident where he got like this bad like really bad spider bite and his whole arm was like swollen Ooh. and instead of taking him to the hospital they took him to the witch doctor and he chewed on this thing, it's called uh, Malu, I think is what it was called. It's like this red paste. So he would like chant something while chewing this special plant and it would make a paste with his saliva and then he would put it on like the wound. Mm-hmm. And they did that to my brother and I think it was a day or two later, like the, the, the swelling was just gone. Like it was like it was never there. See, your witch doctors and your spiritualists that you're talking about, like in Cambodia, I say those are the original doctors. Those are the original people that had come up with these medications and these potions to help people. And I really think that that's something that isn't talked about a lot. You know, we think that doctors just like, what, did somebody just come out of the woods with a fucking white coat on and a stethoscope? No, <laughs> that's not how it was. It was no. probably an old hackly woman who had a grimoire and was talking to... <laughs> You know, the trees and shit like that. That's probably what ended up happening. And then some some man, honestly, probably just came... And I don't know if this is true. Some man probably came along and was like, you can make money off of this. Let's do it. Yeah, possible. Well, I mean, I know my parents did pay this guy. Which, by the way, I say witch doctor, but in our language, it's, it, he's called a crew. Uh, so crew, it means, like, teacher or master. Oh, that's really fascinating. I love that. I really so the, love yeah, that stuff. Yeah. call him crew. Like, oh, we're going to go see the crew today, so... And then they would pay him for, like, the services. That I remember weird. seeing his altar. It was, like, like from the floor to, like, the ceiling. It was, like, this multi-story altar. all it gorgeous, and too. It, it was... It had, like, a lot of, like, incense pots on it and stuff. Yes. And, and there was different gods on there, but I don't remember which gods they were, because I was really little. I didn't really know what was going on. But... Right. Um, I do remember that there were pictures of people on that altar. Oh. And my mom was telling me that they also do like bad things like you bring him a picture of someone and he does you know whatever it is you're trying to do like if you're trying if you wish this person ill you put this picture on the altar and he would make sure to like send like negativity towards them right or whatever it is that they wanted right but it can also be used for good you know if you if you want something good to happen to someone or someone's ill you can also put the picture on the altar and he would do what he does and try to help right so that i mean it goes both ways i said magic is just like it's like a gun you can use it to protect somebody, or you can use it to shoot up a school. It's your decision, and it's your choice. Um, yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily, like, the gun that's evil. It's the person pulling the trigger. Right. So witchcraft isn't bad. It's the people that are bad that are using it for bad things. Right. Witchcraft just exists, exists within itself. Like, that's just kind of how, how it works. And that's kind of just, like, how I see it. And at the end of the day, like, if someone's using negative magic... That's on them. That is their thing. And you know what? I'm not going to knock anybody for doing that stuff. That's your life. You do you. You're here to learn your lesson. I'm here to learn mine. And maybe that's a part of your lesson. I don't know. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I'm not here to judge on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Sorry, I had to mute to cough really quick. But um, very interesting about my mom. You know, uh, she's actually very in tune with. Um, spirits and also i i don't know how to explain this maybe you know since you're more knowledgeable on witchcraft and um my mom she was the type of person where if you crossed her and she was really angry at you something really bad would happen to you 
and it happened to every person that crossed my mom, whether it was a car accident or a broken foot, like people got fucked up and it was because they had crossed my mom and my mom would always like kind of joke like, well, hopefully this person doesn't piss me off because something's going to happen to them. But she wasn't like a spellcaster, but she could kind of push that negative energy that she felt to make someone harmed, I guess. So that reminds me of like the evil eye. Have you ever heard of the evil eye? No. So the evil eye is like, you know, that look your mom gives you. It's like, stop doing that. Stop Mm. doing it. You know, (laughs) that's the evil eye. And if you give that to somebody, you're essentially putting a hex or a curse on them. That's probably it. It's more of a curse than a hex because it's not long-term. A hex is long-term. I have a whole episode on hexes, curses, and all those kinds of things. But... Yeah. Um, well, she was very talented at it. <laughs> yeah. So you're putting a little, like, curse on somebody, and um, that's that's a thing that you can do. Some people are born, like... Not born, but born. <laughs> Some people are born, like, with clairvoyance. And clairvoyance is to be able to see like spirits or being able to communicate with spirits um, or being able to hear spirits or being able to touch spirits. There's all sorts of like different Claire abilities and you can develop them yourself if you want to as well. Like there's different ways of doing that as well. But yeah, I feel like I got mine from my mother. Right. Where she got it from, I'm not sure. But it could there be was, a hereditary remember, thing. Yeah. I mean, there was one time I was having a nightmare and I still remember it. I was a little kid. I had a nightmare that I was being attacked by bees and then in my dream, my mom came and helped me. And then I was talking to my mom. She told me I had a dream that you were getting attacked by bees and I ran over to help you. And somehow I think we were in the same dream. Yeah, that's a possibility. And you guys could have been like astro projecting together as well. Like that's a huge Which, thing. Astro projection is actually something that runs in our family as well. Yeah. Just be really careful when you're doing that. I mean, nothing's going to jump in your body, but you know. My, my uncle who I visited recently, he... Um, used to astral project a lot, but he would always just be in his house because he would have uh, what's it called when like you're awake or you're awake but you're not awake, like lucid dreaming or uh, like when you can't move. Oh, par- paralyzed! You're when you're paralyzed. Yeah, it was like one of those. He would wake up and try. He couldn't move, and then he started learning that it was um, sleep paralysis. That's what sleep paralysis. Yeah. So eventually he was able to turn his sleep paralysis into astral projection. That is cool. And so he would walk around his house at night and he said the colors, like the, the saturation was just very different. It was very off, but it was the house and he would do that a couple of times. He'd walk to the living room, look around and then he'd go back and just look at his body, like in his bed. And he said one night he did that. And he was going back towards his hallway. There's a man at the end of the hallway. And the man was like, you shouldn't be here. Why are you here? And he charged at my uncle. And it, like there was like a wall in front of my, like an invisible wall in mm-hmm. front of my uncle. This man had run into that wall and bounced back and disappeared. And my uncle was just like, oh shit. Like he went back to his body real quick. But Oh, that um, is so cool. So that sounds like he had protection from his spirit guides or you know, God or whoever you want to say it is. Yeah, and this this man who he saw, someone who was visiting their house actually saw this man too, but not while they were sleeping. They were getting ready to take a shower, and they saw this man in the bathroom, and then he just disappeared. That is so cool. That is so cool, but so trippy and a little scary at the same time. So you you have to have protection when you're doing that, and I had a whole, like, spell crack. So... My husband, and you've talked with him a few times, he actually visited the Library of Knowledge. And he astro-projected there. And I was so mad at him because he did it without protection. And he went and he read some of the books there and things like that. Uh, Have you heard of the Library of Knowledge? I haven't. Tell me more. So there is a, a philosophical theory. And the theory is, um, are we born with knowledge or do we learn? the knowledge and then we have the knowledge so that's the big question i don't know if you've ever heard of people that have gotten concussions or brain injuries and then they have woken up and they can speak perfect french they've never been to france they can do math perfectly they can play the piano as if they've just been playing it their whole lives so that's the question of do we have innate knowledge innate knowledge is knowledge that is um just like in this 
giant cluster of, of um, knowledge that we can visit and we can pull from. So everyone has the same knowledge. I mean, on that topic, I kind of, well, I believe that, you know, because I believe in reincarnation, I believe things when things like that happen, it's you kind of like kickstarting that memory from a past life. And that's what's coming in that you're getting the knowledge from. Plus, you know, if yeah. you're, learning, you're suddenly speaking French, it's the memory from your past life coming through. I could see that being a thing too, but I could also see it being like, you are trying to get more information for your spirit to be able to move on to the next level or phase of your reincarnation. That's kind of like how I look at it. I don't know if that's right. I have no idea. <laughs> we all don't know if any of this stuff is right. Or we probably already know, but we just don't have that memory available but it's a philosophical belief and i do believe that brandon actually went to this freaking library because he told me he's been there before that's so cool <laughs> and i was like brandon you cannot be doing that shit <laughs> without protection I only, get, I only ever get like sleep paralysis but i don't i don't unfortunately have the gift of astral projecting it, you can learn it. It's a very rough road, but you can definitely learn it. I don't have the gift of astral projection, too. I tried it once, and then I got vertigo for a month. So I was like, oh, no more of that shit. <laughs> oh, <it's> terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was horrendous, and I was like, nope. That, that movie, uh, Insidious, though, definitely kind of makes it seem very scary. It does make it seem very scary, but there's a lot of movies out there that make a lot of things seem really scary. And but it's just Hollywood. Right. And that's the one thing, like when I tell people, you know, hey, I'm a Wiccan, I'm a witch and I do witchcraft. Like Harry Potter. No, God, what? I'm a, I'm a videography major and I have to remind you that movies aren't real. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite things. I think that what we can do as witches is much cooler then uh, Harry Potter, because I can, I have the ability to affect my life and manifest things in a way that a lot of people are not able to or don't think that they're able to. Try to. I really try to manifest things, but I, I think I just need more practice or something because it hasn't worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Manifesting can be something as simple as burning a piece of paper and hoping that it'll come into fruition like you do with, on Yule. Or it could be something as simple as getting rid of that, like you do in Sewin. It's the same thing, different intent. So it's all about your intentions. If you think about it, our ancestors did not have all this fancy shit that we have, like wands and cauldrons and things like that. Or they used them a little bit differently. And that's totally and completely fine. But, um... You know, it's all about intent. Whatever your intent is behind it, if you intend to be able to do X, Y, and Z thing, then, you know, it will happen. But obviously, if you're if you're sitting here, you had like a Lambo tomorrow. Well, if you're not working for it, you know, the universe is not just going to hand it to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The one thing that yeah. I like to say that is different between the, um, like, witchcraft and Wiccans and Christians is um, we work with our gods and our spiritual guides rather than, like, asking for things, if that makes sense. Is, rather than what? Asking for things, uh, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So when my mom prays, oh, God, please give me my keys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I need my keys. Give me my keys, please. Like, that's how I would do it. You know, and then you have to think, you know, why are your keys missing? Is it because you misplaced them? Are you dealing with brownies? You know, it's a whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, spirituality and stuff like that is a huge topic. And talking about it from different cultures is absolutely, I think, a gift. I love um, British witchcraft. That's it's, every, it's just so fascinating, mm -hmm. like all the cultural variations of something like they all do they can all do like the same thing just in their own way with the same kind of results right that makes sense right and i feel like um there's different names for all these gods that kind of do the same thing if that makes sense so like yeah. you say god i say spirit guide same thing mm -hmm. same exact thing you know what i mean and i absolutely love that 
And I think it's a way for us to be able to communicate, for me to be able to say, well, this is how I use that terminology. This is what I say. And my mom's even caught herself since I've told her that I'm a witch, you know, like, oh, what do you say for prayer? Um, you know, I say good intentions, good vibes, or positivity, you know, put, put something there. I don't really care. Or you can say prayer. I'm not going to get on you for using your terminology for your religion, you know? Like, when someone, when a Christian finds out that I'm a witch, it's, oh, can I pray for you? You know what, if it makes you feel better and you're going to be giving me that energy to be able to store and use later, then by all means, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> you know? Because they do have good intent behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so, going back around to um, my, my dad being involved in, like, spirituality... Uh, he actually lived as a monk for a little bit. He went That's to Cambodia. So cool. Was right? he? Did he speak? I don't know much about monks. I don't. Um, he know, he knows like some of the he knows some of the chants. Oh. Like he used to teach us the chants, and we would practice with them, like like protection chant type things. I can't remember them because it was so long ago. Oh, that would have been um, so cool. <laughs> but I guess it's very weird for me because my dad's like he's a white guy, but he's so submerged in the Cambodian culture especially when it comes to like uh, being a guru or being a monk um but one of the things that he was known for was astral projecting so some families would have really bad luck with their business or someone's having really bad luck in their life in general he would pray and say there's a witch doctor in Vietnam who's put a curse on you and he would astral like in his words he would astral project over there and have like this spiritual battle with this other shaman, witch doctor, you know, that, you know, however you want to call it. And he would win. And then a couple days later, the person would go back to him and like thank him. Like everything that had gone wrong, like everything is so much better now. Like thank you so much. And a lot of people would go to him and ask him for help because he actually was successfully able to help people. Wow, that is so cool. It's just for me, it's just like, how did you go from, like, that to, like, that, you know? Yeah, it's a big turn. I think there's a possibility, like, maybe or he got maybe all the dabbling deep. just kind of screwed him up in the head. Possibly, and he got in too deep, maybe, like, opening portals and stuff like that. Yeah, like that prayer mirror I told you about, the big circular one. Yeah. That's the one he would use for astral projection. He'd meditate in front of it. Oh, Okay. I mean, I don't. I I hear there's several different ways you can astral project, and if one thing doesn't work, you know, try another. <laughs> but yeah, that could be a big thing on it. He could. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff with it. Yeah, and you know, every anyone who lived in that house with us could tell you that there was so much negative energy. Like they never fought so much with each other in their life. You know, same with my house. house. Same with my yeah. house. Anyone who walked in, they were like, you could cut the bad vibes with a freaking knife. You could feel the tension. Like, you'd come in and the air would be heavy. And I was I don't know how the hell that house sold. The, the interesting thing is, though, after we moved out, um, a friend that I went to high school with, her family moved in, but they never experienced anything paranormal. I so bet. I'm like, maybe it was just, like, my family. I think... Because what I think happened with, like, my family is that negative entity attached itself to my family members. So, like, my mom and my brother, they ended up getting, like, addiction issues. Which they've gotten over now because that negativity is gone. They moved out, they've worked on themselves spiritually, and all of that's gone. I mean, even my dad has worked on himself, and he still has the mental illness, but, like, his toxicity and abusive behaviors is gone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like they're new people, and you can have a relationship with these people, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like one of those stories that has a happy ending. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah, it's really nice, and so it's really, it was just really nice. Like, if I would have told my mom that I was a witch, like... I don't know, 10 years ago, she would have had a bitch fit. Like, I can only imagine what would have happened. But, yeah, I was also still living with them, so it's, it's like a whole, whole situation. I do know that when we were, when we were living um, with my brother's girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, 
um, she practiced sangria, which is an ancient form of Hispanic witchcraft. Ancient as anything. It's like that fetus story you were telling me about. That's that's something that that's very like sangrian as well. And she's, you know the scary thing though is, is people to this day still practice that. Mm-hmm. It's very very eerie. I am sure that people do, and I, I just too afraid. Like oh, that's hell a lot no. of responsibility to keep the spirit happy. It's like your life depends on it. Yeah, no, I would not be doing that nonsense. Are you kidding me? That's a lot of freaking work. That is yeah. a lot of work, and I wouldn't be sitting there trying to like, you know. She she told me that uh, her grandma lived in um, some part of like northern Mexico. And she lived in, um, like, California, like, Southern California. So they'd have to smuggle baby bones in order to do these spells. Oh, my god! Like, across the border. I mean, where are you going to get baby bones from? You know, like, can you just go to, just like, the doctor and be like, so, <laughs> you know? Got any if, baby bones I could buy off you? Right, and if you don't know a witch doctor, like, properly, you know, it's very difficult to be able to do these spells and to have somebody else, like, do them for you. And then you have, like, the invention of the internet, and a lot of these people are scammers, you know? Like, a lot of them are. Some some people, even on, like, Instagram, will reach out to you and be like, hey, you have bad vibes, and that stuff's bullshit. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, there was this girl that approached me in a Walmart, um... It was weird because I was looking for a new deodorant and I was reaching for it and accidentally fumbled Butterfingers, dropped it, and I happened to drop it as this girl was walking by, so it caught her attention. She looks at me and she's like, oh, I hate when that happens. She walks like three steps. She turns around and comes back and was like, I'm sorry, I don't normally do this, but you have an aura about you. She's like, you have a very enlightening aura and I can see in your eyes. She said something along the lines of like, you smile, but I can see that there's a lot of tears behind your eyes that you're keeping in and you need to let the negativity go. Whatever's going on in your life, you need to let it go because um, that's the only way you're going to become this better person. And I was just very like, whoa, like don't make me cry in a Walmart right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just very weird <laughs> to just be approached like that. And she oh, just talked to me I on this that. level like she knew my soul and I got like goosebumps all over my arms and I was just like, whoa. See, there's some people, I feel like, that are, like, sent here to help us with these kinds of, like, transitions and things like that. You never know. That could have been your spirit guide for a moment being like, hey, you need to hear this message. You're not hearing it clearly enough from me, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that, and that was actually, like, maybe two or three weeks ago that happened. Oh, that's so cool. I love when that stuff happens. Unfortunately, I'm unable to socialize with people because of the baby. But I've been getting uh, out a little bit more, and I've met some people that are, like, spiritually open and, you know, very sweet about the whole situation. I've even met some Christians that are like, oh, you're a witch? That's totally cool. I'm like, finally, normal people. <laughs> Where have you all yeah. been? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's been really nice. But, yeah, I love talking about spirituality and that kind of stuff, and I will talk about it, like, all day long. I yeah, mean, I have a it's, damn it's podcast so about fascinating. it. I know. I know, and I just love just going over, like, different things and learning these kinds of things. But, yeah, it sounds like your dad was into so much stuff. So much stuff. I kind of wonder, like, if that ability is something that is, like, passed down. Like, me being able to see spirits, is this, like, a... Yeah. Is this something that I inherited from my parents? Because my mom is already very spiritual. Yeah. My dad became very spiritual, so I don't know if... I, I think that it's definitely something that can be passed down, like blue eyes and, sorry, brown hair and things like that. I think that those are definitely things, well, obviously those are things that can be passed on, but so can your personality and things that you're able to do to some extent. And I think spirituality is one of those things, that aspect of spirituality is one of those things that can be passed down and learned. Um, for some people it's harder than others, but you can learn this stuff. I choose yeah. not to because I don't want to see stuff that I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I've never seen anything that was absolutely terrifying. Like, the first spirit I ever saw, I think I was, like, 12, between between 8 and 12, I think. We had some friends over, some family friends over, playing a board game at the dinner table. And the corner of my eye, I only saw it in my peripheral. Some people saw it, like, full face on, but it was just a white 
smoky kind of figure and it just gravitated towards my dad's room down the hall. Like it just kind of floated by. Mm-hmm. And everybody freaked out. And the girlfriend of one of the family friends that came to visit, she started crying. She They ended up leaving. But my dad followed the ghost and um, he never saw it. It just went to his room and disappeared. Weird. That's so crazy. There's so, that. And then when I was pregnant, I would see a lot of like animals, spirits, I feel. Just out of the corner of my eye. Just Were little black that you figures. Knew? No. <laughs> no. No. I was like, what is this about? <laughs> but it was very strange. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of felt like, I don't know, animals are trying to like protect me or something, the baby or something like that. I haven't seen mm. anything since, though. Mm. It was just while I was pregnant. And that's the They're other just thing. gravitating towards her. Maybe she's going to have some really cool abilities when she gets older. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she's going to have some animal communication or nature. I don't know. But I will say I got um, three different tarot readings um, from three different psychics. One in a different state. um, And the other two did not know each other. Like, at all. (laughs) They were in completely different parts of where I live. And they all said, girl, laid back, super chill. And she'll be kind of like me in some ways. So, I'm really looking forward to how she's going to be. I have a feeling she's going to have some abilities. Uh-huh, same. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, if you're seeing animal spirits from the house, then that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm hoping it's a good sign. We had to do some <laughs> cleansing um, a little while ago because I was getting some negativity and some negative vibes and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that that was from a spell that I did not cast a circle correctly on. So, yeah. Oh. You can mess those things up too. Who knew? (laughs) But yeah, I need to do another um, protection spell just because of everything that happened with Jamie and stuff like that. So that's going to be happening. Yes, the ex co host. Ah, okay. Yeah, I remember you telling me a little bit about her. Yeah. I'm sure the episode hasn't come out yet, but you'll, I'm sure you'll hear about it. But yeah. I think the last, so the last two spirits I saw, um, not the most recent one that I saw yesterday, but the one before that one was actually at this hospital, because I used to work in an animal hospital. Oh. There was a lady that she would always show herself to people at different times, and no one really knew who she was. She never really did anything sinister. Um, sometimes she'll tap your shoulder and you'll turn around and no one's there, or oh. you'll feel something kind of touch your feet, but nothing's there. Um, there was one morning I came into work. And it was probably like 5.30 in the morning. I got there a little early. My shift didn't start till 6. And it was winter time, so the sun wasn't out yet. And I walked through the front door. I'm logging in. There's a lady sitting at one of the benches by the window. And she's quietly sitting there facing forward, but her head is turned to the side. And she's just staring out the window. And I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just a customer or a client, you know. Yeah. I started making a pot of coffee, doing my opening things. I turn around and she's gone. And I asked um, my coworker, Sam, who had been there like a half hour before me, like, I asked her, where did the lady go that was sitting in sector two? She's like, what sector? And I was telling her the, the lady that was sitting right here, she was looking out the window. She was there when I came in. And... She was like, Jen, I've been here since 5.30. There hasn't been anybody that came in. Oh, my God. And I was just like, okay, I'm clocking out. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I said, she's she's not, she hasn't done anything bad. Yeah. Everyone has had their own encounter with her at that hospital. Wow. Oh, okay, actually, no, I take that back. She did do one thing that was bad. Scared the crap out of her janitor. Um, he was going to the morgue area where we put the, like, the, the bodies after we euthanize. So he was going in that area to change out some garbage cans, and she appeared, and she threw a medicine bottle at him, and scared him to death, and she disappeared. And ever since that, he's like, I'm not working those night shifts anymore, like, she doesn't like me. <laughs> that is so funny, oh my god, some of the things that these spirits do. Do you guys know who she is? No. But apparently, so our hospital used to be a church. Ah. It was, and you know, it's one of those, oh, at first it sounds like your typical, this place used to be a church. But we looked into it. It really was a church. It was, uh, I think it was like Jesus's King's Crossing Church or something. Okay. 
Um, but I don't know anything about the history of that church or anything that could have happened. Or if the church had a cemetery that was just built a freaking building on, I don't know. You know, I know churches host a lot of funerals. It could be that they hosted a funeral before they had um, closed down. And this lady really likes pets. You know, maybe she like, was the cat lady. I like it here. Yeah. You know, she could just be like chilling. Like, hey, you know, maybe she's not ready to go. Yeah. You know? But she's been there for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. She could also not know that it's a clinic now and still be doing her rounds. Yeah. I mean, you never know. And if she's doing her rounds, she sees this dude cleaning. She's like, yo, uh, what are you doing in my church, dude? You know, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. that? I, I hear that some ghosts, like, they're, they're, they do routine things. Yeah. Like they're what they normally, like they in a loop. Re- yeah, in a loop. Yeah, and then they get frustrated when, like, we interrupt that loop, that loop or, you know, whatever. Sometimes they just don't know they've passed on. It's, like, a whole thing. You can always, like, contact somebody who used to go to that church at one point and be like, hey, you know, but, you know, with COVID that's gone on, could be nobody that's alive from that. <laughs> I don't know. Which I know is, like, really fucked up to say, and it's really sad, but it could be true. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Yeah. You don't. You don't. And then there was the ghost that I saw yesterday, and no one's taking me serious, and I'm like, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, like, you it was weird me. the way it was just, like, just in front of me in the corner of this living room. So for, for those of you who um, don't know what I'm talking about, I went house hunting yesterday in Sacramento area, and one house definitely had evidence of domestic abuse. There was the master bedroom door that had a like a punch through it and the door frame was pushed forward into the room like someone was trying to break the door down and the closet had these metal sliding doors and you know your typical closet sliding doors and it looked like someone had fallen on it the way it was bent inwards and the frame also bent inwards with it but as we were leaving I went to the living room and there was a weird shadow in the corner like it looked like an actual shadow like maybe the light from the window didn't reach that corner but it was just very odd, and I stood in front of it, and it was moving like, if you if you see, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a heat wave in the summertime, but there's a shadow on the ground from the heat wave, and it kind of moves mm-hmm. in this weird kind of squiggly motion, I guess. But that's how the shadow just kind of stood there, or floated there, and it just kind of looked like that. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving this house. No, 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 not, not getting this house. Yeah, I would not be getting that hot. That's so, like, crazy. Like, jeez, I would... Yeah. But that, I mean, I do think that this is something that is genetic. And I bet if you had a kiddo, that your kiddo would probably experience it, too. I think it's interesting you experience it around 12 years old, too. Because I feel like that's puberty time frame. And it could have popped up because of puberty. I have heard of stories where there's been... um like little kids who experience this stuff and it freaks them out and it scares them so much and the parents don't know what to do but there are like psychics who will get together and they'll talk to the kiddo and say this is what's going on this is why it's happening and this is how you can deal with it and in some cases like the ghosts just they want help you know they need help crossing over or they need help getting through their unfinished finished business or whatever or sometimes they just want to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, it's really difficult when you have a four-year-old explaining, like, life and death. And it just wants help and they're okay and all this stuff, you know? I mean, it's definitely scary. I remember when I was really little, I was playing with my little... I had, like, 101 Dalmatian, like, one of those little plushies. I was playing with it at the foot of my parents' bed. And I heard a snoring coming from under the bed. And I freaked out and, like, ran out of the room. And... For, to this day, like, if I get a new bed frame, it has to be, like, three inches off the ground. Like, I don't want under the bed space because to this day I'm still traumatized from hearing that snoring under the bed. Yes. No, I know. I definitely feel you on that one. There's a lot of, like, different... Well, you know, and kiddos, too, they do tend to have a lot more paranormal experiences because they are closer to that realm than, like, you and I are because, they, you know, they've just been born. So they're yeah, closer they're to that. Just in that realm. <laughs> yeah. So like M probably sees ghosts all the time just roaming around, you know. That's why she's looking around so much cuz she's like, "Yo, I dude." Kind of you know, when babies kind of stare off and it's like, "What are you fixated on? Like, what are you looking at? There's something there." 
Or is there? I don't know. We're going to go in the other room. <laughs> yeah, for them, they could be working on tracking. They could be working on um, trying to see color for the first time. Or there could actually be something there. There's all sorts of reasons why. And in fact, I was in a metaphysical shop, or as I like to call them, witchy shops. I was in a witchy shop um, before I, was, I had my kiddo. And they had this little boy in there. And he was telling his mom, hey, there's another uh, like little boy in here with me. Can I go play with him? And his mom was like, there's no one here, honey. <laughs> but do you I'd see like, him? Uh, sure. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> she started asking, like, what's his name? What's he doing? And, like, everybody in the shop was, like, all spiritual and stuff. So, so like, getting in on it. Like, hey, you know, like, what? So that was really cool. It was really, really cool. It was really awesome to see, like, an experience like that. And then on top of that, like, a mom that's not, like, let's ignore this situation and pretend it didn't happen. And, not, and it's like, your kid is having an experience, you know? Yeah. And I love moms that validate those experiences. Because while kids do have big imaginations, they also have a lot of big feelings. And sometimes this stuff is real. <laughs> and most of the time, yeah. this stuff is very real for them. And to validate that is very powerful for them. Yeah, because then I think also at the same time, it can start kind of affecting their, like, mental growth, where it's like, I'm seeing this thing, but no one's right. acknowledging it. And that kind of... Right. It could have really affects them like that. And then you can also get into unsafe territory as well, where you have a spirit that may be preying on a child to try and get them to agree to things like letting it in the house and, and things like that. And that's where we get into real issues. And I've heard of stories like that. And that's just an absolute horror story. But if you have a conversation with your kids about that protection with strangers in the spiritual world and also outside of the spiritual world, you know, don't accept ice cream and puppies from anyone, real or <laughs> not physically here. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a thing. But anyway, we've been going for about an hour and five minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Boy, does time fly when you're talking about spirituality. It definitely does. <laughs> I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah, same. It's It's been uh, really fun, actually. It's very refreshing to get into this. And to talk to somebody about it. I know what it's like being in the broom closet. Someone who understands me. Yes. Finally. <laughs> Finally, anyone. <laughs> But yeah, that is it, guys. And I will talk to you guys next week. Um, have a good week. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>